Hey, listen up, idiots. This is your spoiler warning. Also, you might get offended. So warning for that, too, you idiots. Hello, everybody. My name is Kyle. And my name is Ryan. And when our powers combine, we form... Experience Grind Podcast. The only podcast that not only brings you movie and video game in-depth discussions, we're fucking breaking new ground here today, people. We're talking about a television show. Oh, I was hoping for books. Man, fuck books. Yeah. Actually, I can't say I love books. I, As pretentious as I try to be, yeah. uh, books aren't my thing. I know. Unless they have pictures in them. I oh, love man. comic books. <laughs> yes, you really do. But uh, I cannot get into actual books. <laughs> no, man, we're, br- we're breaking new fucking ground. We've flirted around the ideas of TV shows, usually in our best of recaps, mm-hmm. especially if yeah. Sound Engineer Andrew's on this show. Yeah, and back during our bonus round yeah, times, we did. we did a few. But we didn't really get in-depth in them. No, 10 minutes tops. And I think uh, this first show was... The first one I've really wanted to get in depth with, in depth ish. Sure. I mean, I've definitely had shows that I could talk about for a full episode. Yeah, <laughs> but what what's great too is that we're getting into this season one. Yeah, so maybe we could keep coming back because I do know this show has been picked up already, which mm-hmm. fucking smart move. Yeah, and that said, this is also a show that probably should not overstay its welcome and get in yeah. four seasons maximum this show does not need to go on as long as some of the other hbo shows i don't know what the fuck they're gonna do because it could have ended after episode or the last episode and i'd have been fine with it it'd have been a great cliffhanger i mean it's kind of maybe a poetic end for what the series is about and everything it kind of wraps up and it might be I mean, I don't know. HBO ended Sopranos the way they ended Sopranos. So if they ended Barry season one as it was, it's a fine ending, especially compared to some of the other endings. Deadwood never got an ending. No. So I think this is one of the better ones. Neither did Carnival. Carnival was Oh, that's awesome. right. I, my parents were super into that at the time. I did not watch a lot of it. I liked it a lot. I got my mom into it and I bought her both seasons. Oh, she yeah. really dug it. But yeah. Um, back on DVD, yeah, sure. when they were like eighty dollars uh-huh. a piece for the. Uh-huh. Do you remember that fucking shit? Yeah, how ten I episodes do. of an HBO show, eighty dollars, eighty fucking dollars. At least they weren't charging like on ten an episode. Well, who's charging ten dollars an episode? I don't know. <laughs> well, you get four episodes for fifteen bucks. Yeah, the math is still way cheaper than yeah. $8 yeah. per episode. It's way better. <laughs> I get it. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just doing the math for the first time myself like, yeah. Wait it's a, a lot of money. They f- charged like uh, at like the beginning of DVD for DVD seasons. Like they equated oh, just anything too. Jesus yeah. Christ. It was like, well, if you're paying $20 for a 2-hour movie and this season is 24 hours, you should easily pay 120, right? Like you'd see the math there. Like, are you talking about the show 24? No, I mean most most hour longs are 24, 24 or 24 one hour episodes. Are Not they? just 24. Oh, yeah, they usually go from 22 to 24, depending on oh, the season I that pickup. Was more of a 30 minute episode thing. It well, it 
it was both. And then Netflix and HBO kind of started to do different. And so it did become like 24 hour or 24, 30 minutes or 12 or 13 hour or God damn it. 12 or 13 one hour episodes. But I mean, you look at 24, it's 24 episodes. You look at something like Psych or Monk or like one of those like procedural shows, NCIS. Each one of those has like 24 episodes per season. And I mean, whatever. They're largely the same over and over again. I don't get people that like people fucking flip out over Psych. And I don't get it. I think Sean from Nerdy Thursday and I just had a discussion about this. Is that right? We literally did. Please clue me into this. <laughs> uh, we like Psych. <laughs> I don't have a problem with Psych, but Psych has a fucking rabid fan base of people that think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I think it's just okay. Maybe I'm wrong. That is fair. That is fair. I do think... I don't think it's a sh- terrible show. I think you compare it to, like, the Law and Orders and other, like, procedurals that are on, and it's clear, like, hey, at least this one has a personality. It has fun. I will yeah. give it that. And I, that's, I would much rather same watch Same with Monk. That. Like, yeah. I would watch those two, or even, like, House or something. Like Monk also has fucking James Gum. Who? Fucking the bad guy from Silence of the Lambs. He's the, the chief. James James Gum? It's James Gum. They'd left the S off as his birth certificate when he was born. His name is James Gum? Have you never seen Is this the actor's name? No, that's, James the, Gum? that's the character's name inside. Oh, I've never Land. seen Monk. This is Oh, what? Yes. Buffalo Bill. Yes. But no, I don't remember his name from that movie at all. It's, it's James Gum. Gum. Yes, that's a big plot point of the fucking movie and the book. It's been a long time since wow. I watched Silence of the Lambs. People are so fucking lost in this episode already, too. I guess. But yes, I'll have to go Buffalo back and Bill watch that. Is the chief of police in Monk, or maybe he's like a lieutenant? That's right. Okay, I do remember this. Yeah, but I was mm-hmm. like watching it for that. And I'm like, man, I saw like the top half of your dick, dude. <laughs> I done seen it. You tucked it and pretended to be a girl. Monk, would you fuck me? Oh, for- he talks like that too, I and Monk, so it's so hard. crazy weird. He's got that fucking weird voice. <laughs> I talked to the suspect. Oh, was you a great big fat person? <laughs> 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 That's what I. I've got like the <laughs> man. I could tell you all of uh, Buffalo Bill's lines from Silent uh, Silence of the Lambs. Could not tell you his name was James Gum though. <laughs> you keep wanting to say Silent Hill, don't you? Because I, I do too. I keep wanting to say Silent Hill. <laughs> the second time I've had to really stop myself from saying Silent Hill. Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. Yeah, I did it like twice as well. I get you. Yeah. Oh, so fuck. Buffalo Bill for Pyramid Head. Am I right? I mean, I would watch it, even though the Silent Hill movies suck fucking dick. <sighs> Change my mind. The second one. Is a fucking atrocious. The second one's a garbage okay. fire. I agree. The first That's one, the one is John Snow in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that one's real bad. It's... The first one I like the first one. And it's one. based on my favorite game. Which one is that? Three. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it has Cheryl. Or not Cheryl. Uh, it's the... Heather. Heather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is Cheryl, but mm-hmm. she goes by... I love fucking Silent Hill 3. People fucking jerk their dicks off about Silent Hill 2. 2 and 3 are both, are both great. Two's, two's a... Two and three are both great. It's a great game. I never played one. Give me three. Pass my time. I started with one, man. One used to fucking freak me out. Funny story about one. Okay. Me and my buddy Jason were so into Silent Hill 1. Like, we rented a bunch. 
And I remember I had the strategy guide before I had the game. And he lived in Orleans, and I would go down and stay with him a lot during the summer. When okay. We were on summer break. And he had a scooter. And I remember we rode double on his scooter from Orleans to Paoli because Orleans is like a very small one stoplight town. Yeah. They don't have anything. But Paoli, we we went to Paoli to the Walmart because I had money and I was going to buy Silent Hill. And we fucking <laughs> bought it. And then we were like singing all the way back like, we got Silent Hill. We got Silent Hill. And we fucking played it all that rest of the week that I stayed there and we beat it. Mm-hmm. I also remember the strategy guide. There's a, there's a puzzle in the game dealing with a piano. Okay. We have to play specific notes. Mm-hmm. And the strategy guide tells you the notes. But we didn't know fucking piano notes. And How unhelpful. I know. It was terrible. And this is pre-internet. It's like play C sharp, F. And I'm like, what the fuck is C sharp, man? So we called one of my buddies who's a <laughs> who's like a music nerd musician because we didn't have the internet either. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, on a piano, like, what is C? What are these notes? And he actually listed them to him. I remember writing them in pen in my strategy guide for Silent Hill. Nice. We, we beat that puzzle. <laughs> That's uh, fantastic that you had to call a friend yeah. and get them to give you the interpretation. of a fu- like, What a huge fucking oversight. I know, man. How did that person who got paid, was this Pr- Prima Games? Mm-hmm. Prima Games? Pretty sure it was a Prima Guide, yeah. Fucking fired. How How is he not fired for that? I don't know, man. That's that was, not helpful. That's a huge mistake. Yeah, that's Terrible. a big oversight. But I love Silent Hill. Okay. Always loved him. Yeah. I do too. I even the uh I played what were the fit uh, Homecoming? Nope. And Downpour? Nope. I think I know you like. I them. think they're fine. They're not bad. They're not bad. I've played worse Resident Evil games. I have too. I played <laughs> I'll, Okay, I'll give you that. Whatever whatever horror series you want to throw at me. At least I've not played a shitty Silent Hill game yet. A lot of I really have not. There's a lot of shitty horror games. And they're like growing. Oh yeah, are they? There's a there's like more all the time. They're, they they go more indie. Okay, so a lot of Steam releases in yeah. PC. It's garbage. Yeah, yeah. The only the only recent horror series I could think of is Outlast yeah. and Amnesia. Yeah, both those are two, and those are the only ones I can really think of that are like a new established series going forward and still kind of. There's one I was watching Let's Plays of, and I can't remember the name of it because it was it was dumb. It had some nice stuff, but eh. Mm. Eh. a dime mm. a dozen. Anyways, we're not talking about a dime a dozen things today, though, no. are we? We are talking about. I'm gonna go ahead and fucking show my hand here. I fucking loved Barry. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite series I've seen in recent memory. I was pretty hooked from the start, and oh. then it, it kept getting me in more and more. So so you would say of all the series you've watched recently, in the last few years, Barry is at the top, if not the top? Yeah, for me. Okay. That's and some really high praise. Yes. I, I really, really enjoyed this show and everything that it wanted to do. It has some pretentiousness to it. Interesting. Which I actually enjoyed. Because okay. it's hard to, to talk about actors in Hollywood and not be pretentious. Mm-hmm. And this one does it pretty fucking greatly. Okay. I'm I'm with you there. Okay. Yeah. 
Are we are we just going into Barry now and talking about this? Or yeah, we, I mean, fuck, we on. had that dumb intro question. I can't think of anybody. You can't. This was your question. And I, you I came got out one think, question, but it's not my favorite, but it's the only one that pops into my head. Fuck it. This is why we need Patreon questions. We do. Ryan. Hence, pay us a dollar on our Patreon and give us questions. So we'll, we'll be giving a call out later. Otherwise, you get these fucking questions, which you're going to see. Ryan, what? <laughs> or whom? Is it whom or who? I honestly don't know the difference between who or whom. I'm sure if I fucking posted it on Facebook, I've had nine different fucking grammar Nazis come yeah, in. Yeah, but here's me. the thing with those ding dongs. I think it's like a kiss, kiss, bang, bang situation where they're gonna like you're gonna get half the people saying like it's who, and then the other half's gonna say whom, and right. they're both gonna think they're really right. It's the the whole badly thing. Whom would you say is your favorite assassin, fictional or real life? Doesn't matter. Okay. Got it. It's gonna be from fiction because of I course. don't care for real life and I don't choose even not know to live real there. Life assassins, I don't think. Honestly, I can't think of one. I mean, I mean, I honestly can't. Is there like a is there a famous American assassin well, that we I mean, know about? So there are the guy. I mean, is James Bond an assassin? Technically, I guess he's more of a spy, but he has the license, license to, to kill. kill. Though, yeah. Um, or is about- the assassin strictly like? Somebody I, pays you to kill somebody, and that is it. There's no for a country or for greater good. Maybe not even pay, although James Bond does get paid to kill people. Well, that's true. Technically. Yeah. So but, he's an assassin. I mean, <laughs> I guess, like, Lee Harvey Oswald is an assassin. He got paid to kill Lincoln? No, he got... He killed Kennedy. He didn't get paid. Oh, wait. I was thinking of John Wilkes Booth. You were thinking of John Wilkes Booth. My bad. Yeah. Let's rewind. But John Wilkes right. Booth is also an assassin. Did he get paid? I think you have to get paid to be an assassin. Like it's it's your job. You earn money from killing. But they also say like assassinated President Kennedy. They don't say killed. It's always a presidential assassination. So this is is interesting. So then is an assassin somebody who just kills for a purpose, like to make a point. I if you have agenda behind it, whether it's are, money or whatever, there are also paid assassin. assassins. I guess that yeah. they're also kind of mercenaries or hitmen. Yeah. See, this is all kind of it's, it's a weird it all like, kinds thing. Of good, yeah. Huh. So then, this, you also this got makes a, it the most general question ever: Is who's your favorite person that has killed somebody at some point? Sure. Okay. <laughs> O.J. Simpson. I get it. I get it. The juice. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nicole had it coming. Sure. I saw I saw that FX series. I mean, really, really. Who wouldn't kill Nicole? Not only Nicole, but any white woman in America, who doesn't have a gun? You know, you say this, but I'm starting to think white women might be the worst. They might be. Because you look I mean, at all these people calling cops on like these black these... people and black kids. It's always it's white, white women. women. Always. It's always white women. <laughs> but yet, apparently, it's always the white man that's the worst in the world. I love fuck you, white women. I, you know, keep your nose out my business, bitch. Yeah. In fairness to fuck everyone, you also get a fuck you, white women. Sure. Fuck love you, it. white women. Love it. There's a there's a woman, a white woman that'll get a fuck you in this show. Are you doing the scare? So for reference for that that silent break, which might get truncated out, Ryan was just looking around scaredly. Um, But no, let's get back to this fictional assassin that is your favorite. 
Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> if we are going fictional, I'll do one from the movies. Uh, and it should surprise nobody that my favorite assassin, as my definition of assassin goes anyway, is Beatrix Kiddo. Oh, very nice. From Kill Bill. Okay. Like, there's, there's not a question for that for me. She's the most iconic. I was fixated on that character for most of my college years. Yeah. Every art project I did related to Uma Thurman in some way because of Beatrix Kiddo. That's fucking awesome, man. So I would say that. Is Black Widow an assassin? She was. She's pretty high up there for me. She is not any longer, but okay. she was. Okay. I I will say... I can't say that because I don't... Do... Hmm. Medea. I wish it was Medea. He assassinates that white man's money at the box office. Assassinates that. Give me all your money. The fucking careers of anybody who's in those movies. Uh, lies. Uh, Eugene Levy. Oh yeah, has he done uh, a lot lately? What's he been in? Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, oh yeah, has he done a Denise lot lately? Denise Richards. Oh, what's she been in? Man, these people are fucking killing it after being in Tyler Perry movies. You're right. <laughs> I am so wrong. Yeah, well, you're welcome. I mean, I, I mean, I'll uh, take that. Fuck. Who's the guy that shot John Lennon? Yoko Ono. Yeah, okay. Yoko Ono is my favorite assassin from history. I actually don't know who shot John Lennon. Like, I don't know his name. Somebody will tell us. I'm sure. I'm sure. This is going to be the one thing that resonates. Nobody will say shit about Barry, but they're like, hey, my favorite assassin is this guy. Killed him real good. Oh, yeah. Everybody will tell us their favorite assassins. (laughs) Yeah, please do. Because. I can't, man, I can't. I want it like you can't. You can't even think of any. The one that comes to mind is Hitman, like but, Agent Forty Seven Hitman. I, I've never played a fucking Hitman game. I just know about. I've never all played one them. for more than twenty minutes yeah. without getting bored and wanting to hate video games. I like the ideas of them. Oh, I, all right. What about Sam Fisher? I'll choose Sam Fisher. Is he an assassin? Technically, he's also like a stealth agent. But yeah, sure, sure. I'll say I really like all those games. I played the first one and I thought it was fine. And I have, I think, all of them. At this point, I own them. I just don't play them. I'll say, yeah, Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell. Sam Fuck it. Fisher as a character does nothing for me. Yeah. I can't remember anything Ironside about him. I know, voice. yeah, I know his voice. Which is pretty great. And too. that's it. Like, that's, he's got the voice. I cannot tell you anything about his character. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. I don't even know if he was a good guy. I don't know. I he, cannot remember so literally guy. anything about Splinter Cell. And then Cell. it gets like Jack Ryan shit where it's like, oh no, it's really you're the bad guy the whole time. Was that Splinter Cell double agent or conviction? I think it was actually. Well, no, he did go to jail too. I never played conviction. And there's <laughs> du- double agent where he has the emo haircut. I'm I'm guessing. I don't know, man. I think it is. I told you I played the first one and that was That's it. That's true. I shouldn't be asking you. <laughs> I know the titles because I own them, but like when it comes to like what is actually in the literal video game, I fucking couldn't tell you. Um, Splinter Cell emo haircut is what we're looking at. I mean, it'll show us. Uh, Well, it shows us a bunch of emo chicks. You got emo haircuts, but you got no Sam Fisher. Splinter Cell Conviction. Conviction. So it is that one. Yeah. I think. I guess is this an issue? People have issue with emo haircut with him. Well, he had one in the in all the 
I think they took it out. Oh, did they shave his head finally or something? Yeah, or so it was like in the promo images and people were like, because it looked like a Justin Bieber haircut and mm. they like fucking, they got so much shit that they took it out before the game released, I think. They gave him like a normal haircut. I, I really hate know. how much power fans have over video too. game developers. I do too. It never ends good. No. If you want fans to tell you how to make something, you end up with snakes on a plane, which I, is not good. Yeah. It's it's not good. I'll tell you, too. I'm a big fucking Uber fan of a lot of things. I get super hyped, as mm-hmm. you know. I keep my fucking mouth shut, though, and I let the people make what they want to make. It's the people that are the vocal minority yep. that always get shit changed that most of us don't want or don't care about. Yep. That's what fucking pisses me off. Mm-hmm. The the ones that scream the loudest are the smallest amount, and yep, they still get listened to. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I was gonna get into like a whole other tangent. Yeah. I was like, I've no, got, let's get this back. Yeah, let's I've get this back. I'm sorry, too, but I'm it. so sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's talk about Barry. <laughs> let's talk about Barry. So I, I played my fucking hand real early. You did, but you haven't. I have not. Let's talk about Barry, man. What did you think about Barry? So, uh, Barry's a show that was uh, hyped to a significant degree to me. Probably from me. Going in. From you, from Sean, from a few other people. And the one that kind of uh, tempered my expectations going in was Micah. Because Mike was like, this is slow. I don't like this. And I don't remember how far he had gotten at that point. But I was like, okay, so it's not unanimously great or whatever. So there might be some issues. Whatever. I'll go into it. And uh, the first episode, I kind of struggled okay. a little bit with kind of how I how on the nose some of the Hollywood stuff was, I thought. Um, but it kind of ends in a great comic way. And here you go. I'll tie this into comics. Um, it ends in, in a way that most great comic issues do, which is you finish the episode and at the end they do something that really makes you want to dive right into the next episode. Yes. Even if I had mixed feelings about some of the stuff in the first part of the episode and in the middle, like they really nailed the ending and they made me keep wanting to push. And I think as they get going, they start finding their footing when it comes to the Hollywood stuff. They learn how to... I think tie it in more organically and thematically to like the assassination plot stuff and all of that. And there are some really great parallels and I don't think they start getting to some of this m- more deep thematic stuff in these parallels until like three, four episodes in. And then I was just in love with the series. Once it, it kind of gets it going, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say this is a slow burn series because I do think the action is pretty quick. Like yes. they, they really give you like big things, like big dramatic moments, like every episode to keep you invested. But I don't think everything kind of congealed properly when it c- comes to the writing direction, some of the themes and what they're doing up until three or four episodes in. And then it becomes for my money, a, a perfect drama. And I think Part of that, too, is me uh, knowing full well Bill Hader's involvement in this because he is the he's one of the writers along with Alec Berg, I think, one of the creators. He directed at least the first episode and wrote many, if not all of the episodes, which is good. 
I like it's great. I, I like that. Any it... anytime there's a singular artistic voice, I think you're either gonna have something that is at the very worst interesting, if not amazing. Yeah. Um I, I really think or I don't and still like you go, what about Tommy Wiseau? The room is still interesting. Yeah, it's You'll an interesting fucking, fucking like, failure. What the fuck is happening? But here? it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always intrigued by that stuff, and I'm more drawn to that. But um, that that Bill Hader. Oh, I forgot where I was going with that before I got off in the Tommy was so point. Uh, you talked about three, four episodes really hooked you, and then it became. Yeah. I, I, oh, um, my point was that it's more of a drama. This show, I kind of thought yeah. with Bill Hader's influence, it was going to be a uh maybe more balance between the comedic and the the darker dramatic moments. And this show veers much more heavily in the drama side, I think. I think there are comedic moments to intersperse. And you get a lot of that with some of the uh God damn it. I cannot remember this is so bad. I am I such you're an American to Noho Hank. Noho Hank. What what ethnicity are his people? The they're not I want to say Bulgarians. That's not right. No, it's not Bulgarians. It's, ah, uh, what are they? But them, like, yeah. th- they start to give some of their ranks, like, a lot of humor and character. And I fell in love with these characters as, like, that kind of cinematic, comedic peppering that we get, like, no ho Hank in the middle of, like, Barry contemplating, like, life, mortality, what he's doing with his all while waiting to shoot somebody. And like, that's the whole setup of an episode is just Barry is waiting to assassinate somebody for they're They're working with the Bolivians. There's the Bolivians. Who are the other people? I can't think. Uh, Armen- try- they're not Armenians. No, they're ah, not Armenians. What are they? Oh, Yugoslavians. No. Slovakians. No. I'm just going to name fucking countries you that I don't it. know about. This is totally not offensive in current year. That's okay. I'm so ignorant. Uh, I can't think. I'm, I just... I'm getting there. God damn it. <laughs> so we are trying to look up the ethnicity okay. of these characters. I'm sorry, everybody, uh, for the silence and this obvious attempt to vamp to fill time. Uh, Chechnyan. Chechnyan. Fuck. So I really appreciate the Chechnyans because at first I don't think they know exactly how to play the Chechnyans. Like if they are supposed to be like this force of um, kind of maleficent, like, malevolence, like this uh, maleficent, like the fucking Disney fucking. You've been playing Kingdom game. Hearts with me, dog? I haven't, but I wish I was because that game's dope. Um, kind of, They don't know to make them really scary or comedy comedic or what. And I think kind of a few episodes in, they're like, no, let's just go funny with these guys. Like these guys are clearly like they're faking it too. A la the Hollywood kind of actor. Like you fake it till you make it. Like these guys are a bunch of dumb ding dongs who are just trying and like that. They finally start to lean in that. And and maybe it's not that the show learns to lean into that, but it is the, you're introduced into them as a source of drama of tension with Barry. And I think Barry kind of learns that these people are not who they think they are not along with it as it goes too. So I don't know how much of it is like, not only Barry, like Fuchs has the Fuchs, real, that's true. Yeah. He deals with, so Fuchs is played by the fantastic Steven Root. 
Yeah. Who is Barry's handler. Who is Kyle's favorite character actor? No. Well, my favorite character actor prop. Well, I don't know. I really like Vincent D'Onofrio, too. Is he is he a character actor? Absolutely. You like D'Onofrio? I love D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. However you say I it. I love how you're saying D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. <laughs> Whatever that fucking weird dude's name is. Uh, I like him. I also am okay. a big fan of the guy from Tiptoes. Gary Oldman? I love Gary Oldman, <laughs> yeah. man. Outside of Gary tip-toes. Oldman of Tiptoes. <laughs> yes, that's what I know him from. He's a fantastic, fantastic character actor, though. He really is. I agree. Um, uh, ever since True Romance and whatever that dreaded up villain he did, that Rasta villain, I was like, holy shit, Gary Oldman, you got some range. <laughs> Dude, he was, fu- again, we're going back to fucking Silence of the Lambs. He was Mason Varger or Burger in. Animal. Oh yeah, that's He's right. Got all that fucking crazy makeup Who got on, eaten up by the pig or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Who carved his own face off, high on methamphetamines. That's fucking Gary Oldman and ridiculous yeah. prosthetic makeup. That's insane. It's true. It's true. Love Gary Oldman. Man. Uh, Gary Oldman in The Fifth Element is yeah. one of my favorite villains of all time. Mm-hmm. Cannot tell you the guy's name. Who fucking cares? It's fucking Space Gary Oldman. I can't think of his name either. Space Oldman. Sure. Space Who cares? Oldman. That's great. But anyway, yes. It. So Stephen Root. <laughs> Is playing Fuchs, who yes. is, he's like, he's a family friend of Barry's, and Barry comes back from Iraq, he's a Marine, and he's probably got some severe PTSD, mm-hmm. got severe depression, and Fuchs kind of jumps on this, and knows that Barry is a trained killer, and therefore turns Barry into the world of Hitman, and... I don't want to say organized crime because he doesn't work for the mob, but he is a no. hitman for hire. Mm-hmm. And what's great, uh, so uh, different to you, I was hooked from this episode from like, or this series from episode one. Yeah. I fucking, I loved every, like when they show him coming out of like this hotel room where he's done a hit and he just nonchalantly walks out and there's a dude dead on the bed and he just kind of sits down next to him and is just like, <sighs> He does a sort of sigh. He hates his life, his existence. Mm-hmm. It's a really great thing. And it's it's awesome because it shows why he's so good. Because he is trained, but he's also detached from life. So he has like really no moral compass for killing. He doesn't even really like Fuchs as no. a whole. Yeah. Like, and towards the end of the series, he really has some animosity towards Fuchs. And they kind of get into it a couple times and like, because Fuchs won't t- say no, because Barry's his meal ticket, mm-hmm. and Barry still cares enough to like not let him die. Yeah, and Fuchs cares about Barry too. Yes, because there, he thinks at one point Barry's dead, and reacts. Yeah, very emotionally, very drunkenly. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He is he is hurt by it. So I think they do have like an unspoken care for each other. Yeah. But Fuchs definitely took advantage of Barry. Absolutely. Like, he definitely took yes. advantage of the situation. And I, uh, you said you did not watch, like, the four or five minute little behind the scenes. I don't, I don't ever watch that stuff. I did with Barry. Yeah. And I thought it was very uh, kind of uh, illustrating. Like, uh, they talked about Fuchs's character. Originally, he was not going to be likable. Like, he was just going, he was not going to tell any jokes. He was going to be, like, a dick. And... I think you can kind of see a little bit of that in the first episode 
and I wasn't sure where he was. And then they start to make him likable, like immediately, like he gets caught by the Chechnyans and then chained up for like several episodes. Like yeah. I think half the season is him just chained up to a cabinet in a garage somewhere. But they really allow him to be funny and likable and you care about him. And I'm glad they went that route because if if they did not give this character like any kind of way in, I don't know if I would I would care about their relationship. I don't know if I would care about Barry's struggle because I think that adds to Barry's struggle to want to stay in the assassin life versus find his own. Because I do, I do now see reason why he would care about Fugues. Whereas yeah. before, if they really didn't put that in, I'd be like, well, fuck that guy. Like, just fucking leave. Like, it, it sets up an interesting dynamic. Like, at any point, Barry's faced with these decisions, and they're never easy. I don't know if you you agree looking at some of the stuff he was faced up against. But, like, I, it always got to the point where it's like, well, he can do this or this. I don't know what would be better for him to do. <laughs> My The way that I always interpreted Barry is that at his core, Barry's a nice guy who gets taken advantage of a lot. Yes. And he... So this is maybe where I relate to Barry a little bit, because Barry... Because you're a nice guy who gets taken advantage of a lot. To a degree, because I, I've said it before on the show, I have a serious problem saying no to people. Sure. Barry has this same problem. He he doesn't say no, even when like it makes things way worse for him. Yeah. He just deals with it and internalizes it rather than just stop it where it is and say, no, you're, you're not going to join me on this mission, Taylor. No, I'm not bringing you along on this mission. No, you need to fucking <laughs> like all of this shit. I, like, well, he starts to. He starts to say no. And he tells Taylor no for that final mission. Like he says no. And then he just kind of hijacks it and invites everybody else. And it's. Barry also more than just not being able to say no. Like I feel like he's the he's for lack of a better comparison right now. He's the Woody Allen character. He is the one who knows kind of what's going on and what's he's the voice of wisdom. And I'm not saying Woody Allen is the voice of wisdom. I'm saying in his movies, Woody Allen makes his character the voice of wisdom that nobody else listens to. That he's the only one with like the ideas or good plans and nobody's listening to him. Like even kind of like the heartbreaking twist or big cliffhanger at the end. It's like, just listen to Barry and this can go away. Like Barry's right. Like this could, it doesn't have to go down. What I love these too ways. is that uh, it is right, but everything about the detective's character has shown like she, no, it, it will not go that way. It's and true. So these people give these characters, these fucking core values mm-hmm. and they don't deviate from them which is fucking fantastic they are superbly written characters yes you're Every right fucking person on this screen is a fucking well-written fully fleshed out mm-hmm. human being and it's fucking awesome yeah and it's so rare that you get that in any form of entertainment so much especially like as you go along in like let's say a sitcom in its lifetime those characters will eventually become caricatures of the original character. It have it's so fucking or they'll just change completely. Yeah, but like using Friends as a reference, sure. Those characters at the end of Friends are just they in 
they're like a wacky stereotype of what that character originally was. And mm-hmm. it's just because they evolve that way. Oh, but Always like, Sunny, too. And yeah. I love Always oh, Sunny, I do too. But they are the 11th degree of those characters yes. from the first few seasons. Exactly, for sure. man. Yeah. It just everything. And it kind of has to go that way as you if you have a long running show. Yeah. And it becomes easy, too. But like, I, I don't see Barry going that route and I hope it doesn't. No, I think it needs to go the route of Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, yes. which is limited series. You have three, four, five seasons, however you want. You have this story. Picture it out, get it done, and yeah. then finish. Don't keep going because you're right. Like these these characters as they are are so well defined. Like I can tell you 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 name any one of these characters, I can tell you with confidence how they would act or handle a situation because they are very clearly defined in how they speak with other people, with their goals, with their themes. Like it, it's all characters. Like even, I don't want to. Uh, what are we doing with spoilers here? Spoilers, this is a good question. At this point, I think. I mean, we've kind of delved in, and from this point on, let's say spoilers on the table. All right. So you kind of know our opinions going in. Yes. We both think you should watch Barry. If yeah. you've not seen the first season, go out, do it. It's eight, it's eight episodes. Fucking fantastic. It's a quick four hours and you're done. It's it's low, low, low cost of entry. And, and it's worth it. You will probably really get into it. So. I think so. But all right. So the um the relationship between Barry and Sally kind of changes. Yeah. And not only kind of, it changes like three or four times throughout this season. Dramatically. Which is yeah. awesome. But at any given point, all the characters are still acting as they would. Yeah. Like, there are... will. They, it's not the typical will they, won't they bullshit where it's just manufactured for narrative purposes. It's like, no, I can see her doing that because that is what her character is all well, about. And I can see him doing that because that's what he is all about. And I've known people like both of them in real life. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Just to the, like, so Sally is very self-absorbed. Oh, yeah. And she, she, she kind of leads Barry on. She gets what she wants from Barry at a point. Mm-hmm. And then Barry gets into it a lot more than she does. And she gets scared. And so she just shuts down and pulls away from Barry. Yeah. Which confuses Barry. And I, I've even been in those situations yeah. in my life. And it's so very fucking authentic. It is. And for... What I love too, it's there's so many meta things in this show for a show that deals with the fakeness of Hollywood and it's trying to show you this fucking bullshit of nothing is real and these are all people mm-hmm. having actions and just emotions that are manufactured. They have this underlying level of realness behind the scenes with these people that is fucking amazing. Yeah. And Sally and Barry's relationship is like, one of the cornerstones, and I generally don't go for this type of bullshit because it feels so fake and manufactured, and it feels so fucking real in this one. What's it say that I'm with you and that it felt so real and more real than most relationships, and because of that, I was actively rooting for it to dissolve? Yeah, and it does dissolve, like, twice. It does, but then it ends in a place where they're together but it's like well i can see the dissolving coming in season two at some point yeah but it's like man barry i wish you were just smarter to know what's up with this girl because the first time they hook up 
it's when he compliments her acting. Yeah. And it's all about her. It is only about her. And I told you, like, when the season finale was happening, I was like, what the, what is this? Is this a dream that's happening? Why is this going on for so long? Oh, no, this is real. Oh, God damn it. You gave her, her and Barrier together and this is a happy ending. Oh, wait, think, Ryan. It's not a happy ending because he's still a fucking assassin. And this is going to end very poorly for both of them. Good. I'm glad it's going to end poorly for her. Dude, that is that is the best thing about this fucking series is that it has trained you through eight fucking episodes that when it's the dream sequence with Barry and her, it is they're fucking happy and everything's sunshine and roses. And then you get to this point at the final episode and it's showing you this. For and, like 20 minutes. It's dude, like a long time. And you're like expecting it to fucking cut and wake up. Yeah. And it and it's this slow dawning realization like, oh, wait, this is really happening. This is a real one. But then it still turns into a and fucking it nightmare. keeps going. Holy and shit, it dude. it keeps going. And it ends on like a great note for the season. Um, I'm so, so happy that they have the balls to kill off likable characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, much in the George R. R. Martin way, like yeah. no character in Barry is sacred. I would not have been surprised halfway through Fuchs, they just kill him off, dude. I'll be honest, like until doing my re coming back research for this episode, I thought Fuchs did get killed. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, no, he just nah. shoves him out at the airport. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I totally thought Fuchs is fucking dead. I think Fuchs will die. I think he's gonna come back in a big way. Make things really bad for Barry. Yeah. And then he'll die. Um, I see two or three more episodes with Steven Root. And then I think maybe. he's going to kill He might be off. such a fan favorite that he does stick around for a little bit. But True. True. I, I want to see more of the FBI team that works underneath that lady. Those yeah. two ding-dongs. The yeah. one guy from Mindhunter and then the other one. The dudes that are running like all the yeah. technical stuff. Yeah. She's like, just shut the fuck up. Show me what I need. Any, I love that. Anytime it cut to those two, I was loving it. That is, that is the bad uh, The bad part is that, what is it? Paula Newsom, who plays Janice Moss. Man, mm. she's, so spoiler alert, she fucking is dead. Dead. And but that sucks. They she, could do the TV thing where they write her in as like a conscious that Barry keeps seeing. Maybe. But I, I don't like her interactions with Barry. I love her fucking interactions with Gene, man. G- All right, so Henry Winkler is maybe the VIP of the show. Yes, um, he's like the big squishy heart more so than anybody else in the show. I loved him here, and it's like vaguely shades of Barry Peppercorn, but it's kind of like this whole new thing. Like we just talked about this in the Yes Man episode with Michelle about like the the May December romances, and like I'm always sketched out by that in here. I thought it was supernatural, and I was yeah. like, I've got no complaints, and it's like, yeah, that's that guy's, a... he's 30 years older than that lady, probably, but being that charismatic and in this situation, okay, yeah, I can see it. And very cocksure, like, I can see it. Again, everything in this show feels natural. It is grounded in a yeah. serious state of realism. Nothing is fanatical. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the George R. R. Martin reference, like, nobody is safe in this show. Like, it's true. You anybody could die at any moment like they could fucking kill barry off and run with fuchs i think at some point i don't know man or maybe no ho hank which i would totally watch i would 
I would watch a No Ho Hank. I would totally watch a No Ho Hank show. uh, That's a character we have woefully under-talked about. Oh, yeah, because I knew once we got on (laughs) No Ho Hank, it's going to be the No Ho Hank love fest. Oh, I love No Ho Hank. I do, too. I I don't know anybody who doesn't. I love him so fucking much. (laughs) No Ho Hank is one of the best fucking television characters I've seen in, like, the last decade. I want to watch him and the Bolivian gang go off into the sunset and have nice polite friendly gang negotiations for Noah. I love it. I love everything about I love his weird friendship with Barry. Yeah. That is definitely not reciprocated. Like Barry could not give a shit about Noho Hank. Even like <laughs> cuz Barry shut the fuck out of Noho Hank and he's like, "Hey guy, you shot me, but it's okay. We're still friends, right? I mean, that's okay, Barry. It's part of job, eh?" I fucking love Noho Hank, man. He's good. He's, He's like, oh, so good. You want me to make so- sandwich goron for them? <laughs> Do you? I mean, I don't know. He's God damn it, man. Yes. It's so fucking great. Noho Hank, even in like the darkest times, he when he shows up, it's this fucking great comic relief levity mm-hmm. that and he's always perfectly done. I it's very similar to a Jean Ralphio, like Oh, He's mm. he's not overused. I feel if you get a little too much Noho Hank, you're gonna sure you're gonna you're gonna get over it. I think you could go maybe slightly longer with Noho Hank than John Rapio, yeah. but that is a that's pretty good comparison. That yeah. said, I don't know. I'm also the guy. Did you ever watch the League, the FX show? Mm-hmm. I was also a big fan of like the Dirty Randy and Rafi episodes. I love those. Yes. So you give me like a Noho Hank and then a Henry Winkler Gene episode. I mean, like, I'm okay with it. Like, you can give me one of those every season. It's fine. But yes, No Ho Hank uh, steals the show, per se. Every time he's on it's screen. It's between him and Winkler for me. Because yeah, Henry Winkler really just fucking wowed me here. He dives in and he just fucking owns it. And it's great. Yeah. It it makes you really sad that Adam Sandler had such a connection with him for so long. Yeah. And wasted him. As just like the cameo to pop up in dumb Adam Sandler movies. Like, this man, this fucking man, like, he is so hilarious at his age. And, like, really sharp and, like, quick-witted, too. Like, he can keep up. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i I'm so impressed with him. I think my favorite Gene scene, and I'm sure it's a lot of people's, is... So, spoiler, after Barry has killed his good friend, Chris... Uh, okay. He still shows up to do his acting scene with Sally, who is his, that's his main driving force in this show. Mm -hmm. Yes, he wants to be an actor, but he only wants to be an actor because it gets him closer to Sally, which is the first thing that's given him real emotion Mm -hmm. in forever. He's also got that kind of, uh, just came back from college. Now, what the fuck do I do with my life? Except replace college with military. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? What do I even want to be? Like that kind of existential crisis and you're right like he just kind of is like that's good enough she's hot yeah okay (laughs) and she had shown some interest and that's enough so he shows up to do this scene with her and everybody's blown away from barry's scene because he shows up and he's supposed to be emotionally distraught and he walks on stage and he's he's crying and he delivers this line because he's just killed maybe his only friend in life like yeah the only person that maybe could agree and get along with what Barry had been going through. And he fucking kills him in one of the craziest scenes. That scene in the little Jeep van thing. Uh, fucking masterfully done. Yes. The, the why'd you have to say that? Why'd you have to say that? 
and when he screams it and then chris realizes like every yeah you kind of know exactly where it's going and it's like, that moment it's like well now everybody knows where this is going like those two in the car both know where this is going and he's like no it's okay i mean i'm sorry i overreacted you know I'm not i'll just anything. go home it won't be an issue but it's too late your characters come out and we know what needs to be done now dude that and it's a rough fucking dark very unfunny scene so that's and it's great i love the the back and forth of this i like that this show can go super bleak and dark and then also have like in that same episode towards the beginning have taylor go leroy jenkins and then like run into like a gunfight and there's like these moments of levity and comedy too intermix very very frequently with scenes of horror and just bleak bleak human realities <laughs> oh i was talking about the gene scene what i like yeah what yeah is when he comes back and barry is having that breakdown in a backstage room and gene's like he comes he's like, oh barry, you're that, still in it i see you're that still was in fucking it. great and then barry like punches that fucking glass and shatters it and yeah and then he's like okay yeah you're still in it i'm gonna leave you in it and he just walks away. That was fucking awesome. And man, I don't know. I just want to talk more about one one thing that I really fucking love about this show mm-hmm. is again the groundness and the realism that it 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 takes steps mm-hmm. to do. And one of the things that I could notice is that Bill Hader has obviously had some weapons training before this show. So I think the the very first one that caught me off guard, like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. was the first uh, attempted assassination of, what's it, was it Ryan? Okay, yeah. That's the the guy who dies in the first episode, right? Yes. Yeah, it's Ryan, I think. Um, So he, he comes up and the Bolivians have, or not the Bolivians, uh, the Chechnians. Thank you. I was going to go back to Estuania. Yeah. Have already done the assassination because they didn't think Barry was going to do it because he waffled so much. And then they, they take aim at him and he, he keeps like, don't point that gun at me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Which actually now thinking back has repercussions later on too. him doing the same thing. That's literally Barry's character. This yeah. entire show, by the way, is yeah. don't do this. Yeah. And then they do. And it's always bad for them. But no, he pulls up that pistol and it's just very three shots real quick machine yeah and it's done it's took him took him out except for one yes who walks away thankfully thankfully no ho hank who we love who also was a great i love this these setups too because he talks about his fucking lipstick cam sure and then he fucking has that thing recording the whole thing and he leaves it which sets the police up on the it's it's such a great like there's no loose ends Mm -hmm. it gives you all this information and it's showing it to you and it's using it it does it does i want to i want to go back to uh bill Hader and his weapons training specifically um i i think a lot of this is movie making magic um, compared to his training because there were definitely uh during the one of the raids where he goes in with taylor yeah See, I thought he that was also really well done, man. It was, was mostly looking... well done. Yeah. But there were times, and, and there's like one shot specifically where you can see him trying to get in a clip and he can't. Like he just doesn't know where it is and it doesn't. And so he like fumbles around with it for like 
longer than he should that becomes noticeable and then gets it in. And there are like a few little things like that See, I, that came up. I know what you're talking and about. Taylor seemed like he knew exactly what he yeah. was doing. I didn't see that with him at all. Bill Hader felt like I wondered, he's really good. Yeah. I but wondered he's if not that was that. more deliberate because of Barry's very put off at the fact that Taylor's on this mission. He's very uncomfortable uh. with it from the start. And so he's distracted because Barry always works alone. Mm-hmm. And. I, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, and I I didn't see it that. Is that scene? I saw yeah. that as intentional and deliberate. Um, yeah, and it and it also may does have been. It shows off Taylor as yeah. also being so fucking methodical and well competent. Yes, up until this up to this moment, you don't know people. that he's competent in anything. Yeah. This guy's been he's a, a fucking, fucking tool idiot meathead. He, yes, yeah, absolutely. And he's very funny as such. And then this is the first moment where you're like, oh shit, like okay, he's. He knows what he's doing. Like he's not somebody to fuck around with. He fu- and so I've, I've seen. And some I love things. Taylor too, by the yeah, way. I, I really I love Taylor when he's fucking just sitting around watching porn. As a, he's not even jerking off. He's just watching porn. I'll say like his entrance along with everybody else. This is this is what's weird about Barry. Every single character in this show, I'm like, I'm not sure about this person. And then the next episode, I love them. I wasn't sure about Barry in the first episode. Grew to love him. Noho Hank, I did not like in that first episode. I was like, I don't like what he's doing here. Grew to love him. Henry yeah. Winkler is like, what's he doing here? Why is this? It's okay. Asshole. All right. I don't know if I like this. Next episode, he does the flirty stuff with the police officer. Loved him. Like, I, it just continually happens. And Taylor was that way, too. I did not like Taylor. Detective Moss, man, that was, I did not like her at the start same here like it took some growing and then the only people i liked immediately were those two on that team trying to hack into that hard drive (laughs) that's true i saw those two right away and i was like i love everything they're doing more of them please (laughs) for me really only ma detective moss was the one that really had to work i see it was like that with i think every character in the show and I think it it goes to uh, what we were saying about the characters being so strong is that if they are questionable choices, the show just reinforces those questionable choices. Like, no, we're intending for it to be like this. This is what we're intending. Uh, I think that's maybe the impressive thing about the show is it just seems like it's coming from somebody who's really confident in how to deliver a story. Which is crazy from Bill Hader, who's been a writer and been in the background or actor. Like, he's been the small cogs, but like, he's running the show and it feels like somebody who's been working on TV for many, many years. Yeah. Like, it just feels kind of effortless. Like, it's, it, right? So I think that that lends credit to Like, it's not showy. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants to do. Yeah. He knows how to do it, which. So many times those three things get split up between three people and mm-hmm. or sometimes three teams of people. Yeah. And like directors, writers, directors, writers, creators. There you go. And producers. You get, you get so many different core like clashing visions. Yeah. That people have to give up. Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Well, OK, that's the big one. But well, yeah. that's the most recent example. Yeah. Where people just have to give up different... So there's always, like, a give and take. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Bill Hader had full creative control. Yeah. He built the team. So he got this option from HBO after they you saw... You're saying created by committee. 
Yeah. Are well, those other shows? Yeah. Because it's, again, so there's there's three driving factors, and each factor has a different interpretation of this vision. Mm-hmm. But each faction also doesn't get full control. So like, well, this group really fights for this part, and even though they like this other part that complements it, mm-hmm. because they won this one, they they have to sort of give up more ground on the sure. on the corresponding part to this group B. Who yeah. has a completely different view of it? We'll put and this so, in the show, but only if you do this, because we don't really want to do this, but we'll do it in this one episode if you let us do this daring, risking thing for it's this. It's the arc. famous Kevin Smith story of the mechanical spider. Yep, that that producer <laughs> wanted for decades and finally got it put into Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. But he talks about this same guy wanting it in a fucking Superman movie. Kevin Smith was writing. Like eight years before, yeah, it's it's shit like that that I like when this is all a very convoluted bullshit. We've gone round and round to say I like that Bill Hader had control of everything. Yeah, uh, a singular artist vision is always, almost always, more cohesive. Yeah, and again, like we point out the example with Tommy was so earlier, but like the room for what it is, it's kind of cohesive. And tells you everything you need to know about that creator, their style, and well, everything. But... It wasn't well. Yeah, it was a it was a flop, but so, it's interesting. Bill Hader, he's been in the business for a long yeah. time. He knows how things work. Mm-hmm. He knows great comedic timing. He's worked on South Park for a long fucking time, which a yeah. lot of people don't know. Everybody goes to Saturday Night Live, but yeah, yeah he was the he lead a... writer on at our South Park for many, many seasons. Yeah, and like, there's many shots of behind the scenes where it's like Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and Bill Hader. Yeah, that there... six days to yeah, air that documentary. That. He's he's like one of the big people in but it. But it's like it's like those three guys. Like everybody mm-hmm. talks about Trey Parker, Matt Stone, but like for a big chunk of a lot of the last parts of South Park, Bill Hader mm-hmm. was just as involved. And just and the fact that those two guys who are very obviously comedic geniuses mm-hmm. have just fully like, yeah, Bill Hader just comes and sits at the table and is free throwing ideas out with him. That speaks a lot of credit to Bill Hader as a creator. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man, I don't know, man. It's it's fucking amazing what he's doing. Um I look forward to more. I, I can't wait for Barry season two. Oh, yeah. As I said, I think he got this option because of the Skeleton Twins, which was a movie. Did you ever see it? Yeah. I did not. That's a him and Kristen Wiig, yep. right? Kristen Wiig. Who, do you know who the director is? I don't. I feel like it's somebody I should know. Like it, It's 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 a... one of those small indie art house flicks that is sort of eh. I like it for what it is, but it's not groundbreaking per se <laughs> per se huh but i mean it it did very well for those two it what i think they both really liked about it is that it got them away from comedy oh sure so they could do what they wanted well that doesn't really happen. yeah i don't craig johnson what did you do craig johnson we're gonna find that out too i th- really i thought i saw this guy's indb and he did something i liked that was like i don't oh, know I any do of these i don't know skeleton so twins is pretty much it yeah, but well, fuck a duck. HBO gave him the option to to do a show mm-hmm. after they saw him in this, which is fucking great. Um, I he sat keep... on it for a while because that was uh 2014. 14. And it just now, Barry just came out this year. Yeah. So well, which four is years. great too because I'm sure they're like, hey, we like this, we want you to do something. And he's like, okay. 
And then he he had an idea finally. Yeah. What I so this comes back I or a one that he felt was worth going to HBO. Yes. Like maybe he had like tons of ideas. He didn't think they were good enough, and he was just waiting for the right one, which seems to be the case. I want to talk about the weapons training again because what brought <laughs> me back to it. Uh, for real, because sure. he does look competent, and I will uh, agree, probably some of it is some movie magic. Yeah. But what strikes me funny, well, his pistol shooting definitely caught, I was like, this looks, re-, like, the way that he, he comes up, he braces, mm-hmm. he pulls, he he tracks shots, that all looks very authentic from professional marksmen. Sure, I'm shooters. just saying it's yeah. no John Wick. It's like, not very yeah. different the the skill and care one person went into gun training versus somebody who's competent. But what what is funny to me about it, yeah. and this is what brought up the whole thing to begin with, is that compare that to Eastbound and Down, <laughs> where Danny McBride tells you before season one, episode one, he had never thrown a baseball, and yet he's playing a fucking major league pitcher. And you can tell it True. in the way that he throws the fucking ball. You can. You which can. is funny, but with it's movie also, magic, he looks yeah. really good. Yeah, they can cut it out better. It yes. is It is better than that. Yeah. But that said... It is not John Wick. Well, no, no. I was going to say uh, Danny McBride, Eastbound Down. That's, that's a straight comedy. Yes. Where baseball is the least important thing about the show, as opposed to Barry, which is not really a comedy. It's more dramatic. And the assassin part and him being a believable assassin yeah. is crucial. I always just found it funny <laughs> that like Danny McBride is a 30 whatever year old male and has never thrown a baseball. I don't know how that happens because I grew up playing that fucking shit. I mean, you can I look know- at the physique of Kenny Powers and like, no, yeah, I would guess he didn't I'm throw a baseball. This, this fucking dude never played peewee. His parents never had him in a summer baseball league. He's I from know- North Carolina. Uh, stranger things have happened. It's crazy. Bunch of transplants me. who don't care about sports. Even you, Unless like, it's NASCAR. You were playing baseball as That's a kid. That's because my dad exactly. really wanted to fight the gay out. I am pretty sure. I like if we're being brutally honest. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> That's why I was in many sports for many years so up until I got to the age where I learned how to out talk him. Your your dad's best plan to fight the gay out was to eventually put you in a locker room with hornied up teenage boys and nothing but jock straps and in the yeah, peak well, physical condition of their life. I only I only made it to preteen I know, boys when but it this comes was to sports. His plan. But yeah, essentially, yeah. Yeah. That's Smack not... on the asses, you know, have those bus trips to who knows where and who yeah. knows. I've heard your bus trip stories oh, like yeah. dicks are going to be touched and that's a, that's a that's a bus and full of dudes. That was yeah, that was on a bus with chicks. Yeah, that was his plan, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um I don't really know where else to go with Barry. We've talked about every character that we do like. Um, uh, Goran, we didn't really talk Goran about, but I very, loved him. I really enjoyed the Goran. The crazy fucking guy and then his twin brother who comes in <laughs> are hilarious. I love that. Uh, he's still around so too, much. right? The twin is still around? I think he's still hanging out with NoHo Hank. The twin is still around, yes. Yes, which is great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, what, uh, all right. One little critique. We did talk about the pretentiousness, too. I, I, let's, let's talk about that, too. Yeah, we'll go into that. Which plays in. But Speaking what? of Goran, uh, he has an exit on the show. Yes, he does. And it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's needed, 
how brutal and gory that effect is, I kind of feel like the first half of the season pussyfoots around blood a little bit in the violence. Um, it's not until the second half that we actually see the consequences and like you see Chris in the splatter in the van and it's like very kind of gory. And then Goron is like explicitly gory finally when he gets shot in the head and you can kind of see the blood squirting out like I think the show should embrace that more going forward not be afraid of this and do like these big breaking bad kind of shocking moments like Gus Fring walking out like half burnt up you need to embrace kind of these big shock gory things when dealing with a character who is involved with death and if you're going with like the dramatics of Hollywood, I think you can even do something thematic and clever with it too. But I think you need to start embracing that going forward. So what I remember about Chris's uh, murder is that it wasn't expressly gory. You see the bl- you see outside and you see the blood. I don't remember the blood splatter. I remember the pistol flash. Oh, really? And I, then I remember. So like what I remember about that scene is what I loved about it is that. We're not up close and personal for this murder. We've mm. pulled very far back, and we just see the van, and you kind of hear a muffled sure. yelling, and then you hear the the muffled pistol pop, and you see the flash, and then it sits for a heavy moment, and then Barry gets out and walk away. I don't remember blood splatter. I just remember no. the overall violence of that scene sure. and being disconnected, and I really like that. I and I can get that because uh, thematically Barry's disconnecting. Yes, when he does it, so that makes sense. But then we also see Taylor and the other Marine at the beginning of the episode get shot, and you just kind of see them like behind the seats, just flailing their arms as like squibs go off and make noise. You don't really see anything, and it's kind of like ways like that. And like we do get a nice camera trick with how the van kind of turns on its side. And I think that's a nice, a a visual touch. But we also don't really see the violence. I I think for a show concerned with violence, like they really hide a lot of the violence in the first maybe five episodes. It's crazy. It's not until that scene with Taylor and like when, yeah. This is the weirdest thing to me because out of the two of us, I feel I'm the way bigger fan of the hardcore ultra violence. Oh, no way. Because I do love that I'll shit. I'll fight you on that because I think I'm we a huge equal, fan of gore. Because I fucking love gore. And yeah. I love brutality. Especially and I love when it's done right. Yes. And it's... But I feel... So what I do... So in Barry, let me let me come back to this this way. I think it is, again, the grounded in realism. Yeah. And the fact that, like, compared to, like, a Kill Bill, which is glorifying the violence, when... I've seen pictures of dead people on the internet via sure. from gunshots and whatever. It's not an overtly violent act. There's there's not yeah. people exploding with blood outwards. Usually when Agreed. people get shot, like I mean, you want to look up the video of Bud Dwyer killing himself, which is what the song Filter wrote, Hey Man, Nice yeah. Shot about. When he shoots himself in the head, he shoots through the roof of his mouth, there's just a small little exit wound where the bullet comes out and it just sort of trickles blood. It's not an explosion. It's it's right. more based in this realism. Which... I feel like you're misinterpreting my argument because Maybe. I do not want more gore or like bigger, uh, crazier 
You just want to death. see. Don't hide it. Because okay. I feel like in a grounded thing when you're dealing with death, don't hide it. Like yeah. you need to show it on camera. Like I feel like a lot of their camera moves in the first half are hiding the death. Okay, I see what and you're making saying now. it like Okay. Or or PG thirteen nizing the action like that that raid scene where they're going into the place it felt yeah. like live free or die hard it felt very bloodless even though i'm sure there were some squibs and stuff it didn't feel brutal it didn't feel yeah. shocking and and if your show is trying to sell like the harsh reality of being assassin i think you need to show it more even and again not like big blood streams or death or something but like maybe show the body like ryan dies in the first episode and he's a big propulsory thing for this whole series is his death spurs on the Chechnyans and then the FBI and then Bill Hader's little acting group. Why do we never see the body again? I think they get close with like the dad coming in for that. And it's all, I guess, psychological dealing with it. But like, it just, it feels so, let me counter this. It feels like yeah. they're stuck between the comedy and drama, and I think sometimes they're afraid to go for the shock in the drama side, and I, I want them to kind of maybe push for that a little bit more. I think this series tricks you in the fact that it has been advertised to me and everybody else as a as a black comedy, a dark yes. humor, yeah, and it fucks with you because the first half of the season is very humorful with some weird darkness mm-hmm. and then it takes that and flips that the other half yeah. of the season where it goes super dark drama with maybe a joke and what i want to come back to like i think one of the big turning points of this switch and this maybe ties into more what you want mm-hmm. is when he kills the first bolivian when he breaks into the house and he chokes the dude out in his fucking backyard. Oh, yeah. And it's a very personal scene. It's a very long shot take of him just choking him out. Very similar mm-hmm. to Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men, where he chokes yes, that cop yeah. out. Where it just it stays on this moment of really taking this man's life with your bare hands. Yeah. And it's it's also a very tense scene when Barry breaks in and he's like sneaking through like a kid's room. And so we're establishing that like... And this is after he's already been waiting like all day yeah. to take the shot outside. Yeah. Like he, this... Like, the episode starts with him waiting, and it ends at that moment. So you've been waiting this whole episode along with him. The well, tension is high. It's a great little tie-in from Goron <laughs> with the fucking bullet, because he wants to mail a bullet to the Bolivians, and he sends it DHL, and the fucking package is not there yet, Barry. We must wait. We have to wait. He, he really wants the bullet there, Barry. It's... I love that when the Bolivians finally come in, and he's like, like, the DHL. Nice touch. That was a really nice touch. Was a nice touch. the bullet. I like that. <laughs> Even though I really like that guy. That was and a he's nice just, touch. No, Hank's in the background just like, yeah, he's smiling like, a little yeah. bit. Just very proud of his little moment. Yeah. It's but good, but you're right. That that scene is fucking yes. amazing. And and I, I guess I should clarify because I got rambly there. This is not a criticism on the show as it is now. It's just for season two. Going forward, I think you have to stay at that level that you ended the first season okay. at. Like, you cannot go back to how that first season was. I think you're right. Like, that's when it does. It is that scene. And I forgot about that scene. And then you mentioned it, it's like, oh, shit, yeah, that was... That was really when I... That like, was I a was really into this good, show, intense scene. And then when I, that scene happened, I was like... It had, like, two more fish hooks in me. I was yep. like, fuck yes. Let's do yeah. this shit. They did not flinch from how 
just dark and brutal that was. I also want to say, so one of the con- other recurring and constant jokes of this show is that they make fun of the Bolivians and their short stature. This is not uh, like just a shot at Bolivians as a whole or racism. And the fact is, if you look it up, that country's national height average is four foot eleven inches. So Bolivians oh. are a genetically a shorter, shorter people. People. Oh, okay. And I love that too. That it's again, it's all based in reality. I honestly thought they CG'd the Bolivians to be tinier. <laughs> that would have been great too. I thought they Captain America. <laughs> But they are <laughs> historically a very short-natured people, which I did not know this to be true at all. I just, I oh again, my god, it's another thing I looked up, <laughs> and it's actually is a thing. So brilliant, yeah, brilliant. That's a good touch. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I've hit on everything I oh, ever wanted did, to. On... Did you want to talk about oh the pretentiousness? The pretentiousness. Yeah, because that was one of your issues going in. What? <laughs> So it's weird because it uses pretentiousness as another sort of meta underlying narrative of the show because Hollywood is, of course, so full up its own fucking ass. Oh, yeah. And there's times when this show seems like it's going to be and then it it doesn't. It sort of flips that. But pretentiousness is always there as like this underlying thing like, oh, we're better than you. We're actors. And some of the actors embody this aspect and... I, I really love all of his co-host or not co-host, but the the other actors that fill up this oh, acting sure. class, like the overtly gay guy. You have the robot from The Good Place. Yes, I can't think of her name. I don't uh, know it, but her. And then you got the the crazy stoner slacker black dude, which is also cool because I feel like that would be me. Like he's in the acting class and he wants to do it, but he's not really applying himself. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Barry who wants to do it and apply himself, but doesn't know how. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I Everybody in this show is fucking great. I don't have a complaint with any fucking character. And I don't know. Do you notice any of this pretentiousness? Yeah, I felt it a lot with the Hollywood side, for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's any big revelation or shocker to say but like uh the character of sally yeah i hated her from the moment i met her and hated her throughout the show because she is nothing if not the most pretentious fucking hollywood wannabe and i think the show does show that for a lot of these hollywood people and i think it portrays them in kind of a negative light and does not I love many, many yeah. movies and shows will build Hollywood up to be this grand endeavor of love the and passion and creativity like yeah. La La Land. Oh, Hollywood's great. It'll make everything great. But like the real fucking meaning of La La Land is like that last five minutes when everybody's unhappy, split up and just realize their dreams are nothing, not really going to pin out. Like, yeah. And that's it. And that this show just shines such a light on how horseshit that Hollywood myth is. And it's what just if- a bunch of it is itself aggrandizing people just building themselves up on top of the metaphorical corpses of others much like barry and his assassinating and it's it's brilliant i love that about barry and about uh glow which is the netflix Uh, i still have not seen any of it yet so they're both set in like hollywood and like different eras in la Mm -hmm. but they focus on like the shitty garbage parts that are the real 
aspect of it, not this fucking yeah. flashy tinsel towny bullshit that like everything's fantastic. You're the greatest. They show the dirty underbelly, and that's what they really focus on. Like, there's nothing great in what they show in Barry. It's just bland fucking concrete building exteriors. There's nothing flashy outside yeah. of when yeah. uh, Sally gets a taste when she goes to see this guy that maybe wants to be her agent. And then we also get that weird sort of like hashtag me too section where he's like, oh, yeah, I only do that if I if you fuck me or whatever he says. And she's mm-hmm. like, wait, really? And then she's almost contemplating it. And then he's like, no, not really. That's a fucking great little play that's happening there, too. You have a very different interpretation of that scene. What is your scene? I mean, I definitely got that me too thing, but it's like, no, he was real. I think so too. Yes, he was and real. He and was like, no, I'm playing, up. obviously. Yes, and then obviously. he never called her back. Exactly. Because that's, he Because she it. didn't fuck him. And that's... That's the big thing. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, Harvey Weinstein. Yes, exactly. It's like, that's clearly what it is, right? And that was okay. fucking great. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think that he was a really good guy. No. I, I wasn't sure with how you ended up. No, <laughs> like, no, no. Wait, did no. we... We have very different views. Not at all. And that that was another fucking great aspect. No, but of it's it, cool yeah. because he said it was a joke. Yeah. So he clearly wasn't. No, it was sorry. it was fucking scummy bullshit. Fucking but it was great. Well done. Several beers in. Sorry. Ah <laughs> uh, fuck. I, you said I had another thing I wanted to touch on and I can't remember now. Man, we've not had a very fucking in-depth discussion on I think it's because there's so much to fucking break apart. Yeah. Compared to like a one and a half, two hour movie. You know, it's true. Oh my God. It's true. By the, it's okay. We're at what? An hour and 30? Fucking whatever. Something. Who cares? Who fucking cares? But I, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I don't know where you're going to go with your thing, but I guess probably wrapping up time. I think right? so. Right? Yeah. It's probably wrapping up time. So, Kyle, out of eight berry peppercorns. Oh, okay. How many? Wait, what is that his name? Well, Barry, Barry Peppercorn. Peppercorn He's is... the lawyer from Arrested Development, right? That is yeah, right. that's and it ties in because Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. Out of eight Barry Peppercorns, Kyle, how many Barry Peppercorns would you give Barry, Kyle? Barry, the TV show starring Henry Winkler, but as I a did. character named Gene. Uh, for real, man. How's that for convoluted? I know it's very convoluted. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna simplify it and take the number aspect. Right. I will say. I give this thing a full eight out of eight. Oh, shit. I have fucking loved every second of this television show in a way that I haven't loved something since probably my early days of Lost. Where Damn, like I was really hooked. man. Th- so since so you're saying I in like between f- this and Lost, there's nothing better bet- above those two. In my opinion, yes. Now, whoa, that's like, crazy. So Vice Principles, not better. Broad Vi- City, not better. Not better. Whoa! Breaking Bad. Not even Breaking Bad. I really enjoy Breaking Bad. Whoa! But this one really, really got into me, I think. Maybe because parts of Barry, again, like I said, are somewhat relatable. Maybe the depression factor and all of the... I don't know. It's... uh, Damn. That's a big part of why I like Punch Drunk Love is my relatability to... Holy shit, we didn't even talk about that, but goddamn, you're right. Barry is very, very closely related to that character from Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know... Holy shit. Yeah, it is. part of that, but, like, I don't know, man. Barry just really hit with me from the moment it started all the way through. I didn't feel anything was cheaped for me. Anything was taken from me. I was hidden from it. It gave me... 
thinks from the start that it answered at the end and didn't do some bullshit let's stretch out for season two thing Mm -hmm. i loved everything about barry it is for me some of the most perfect television that has happened for a long time and this is in the era of game of thrones it's in the era of i didn't even think about that i know better i know man holy shit and i love game of thrones i fucking watch that shit religiously barry fucking hooked me man damn love barry love everything about this i'm sad because it took until like an hour and 31 <laughs> minutes for me to figure out why but it is that punch drunk love connection like you're right like that is these two lead characters are so fucking similar and yep. now i get it mm-hmm. now i completely get it i'm glad all right that makes sense what about you buddy scale of one to eight berry peppercorns but we're just going with one to eight no i'll give it i'll give it a berry peppercorn scale. Okay. okay uh it's seven it's seven out of eight berry pretty peppercorns. fucking high it man. is yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a show I grew to love. It is one of my favorite shows currently on right now. Um, I did not fall for it quite like Kyle did, but now, now I get it. Now I understand okay. why. I mean, it, you still it makes sense. Really, but love I still this. really love yeah. the show. It just it would not. It is not a perfect TV show for me yet, but I do think it's one that can come in season two and easily, which is like some small, small, small tweaks. Ten out of ten show. It's not far away from that. <laughs> 10 out of 10 of 8 out of 8. Well, it's it's a 7 out of 8 now, but <laughs> if it works really hard, it can be a 10 out of 10 Love next it. season. Love it. Uh, so I it I don't want to sound negative or critical. No, I don't think you are at all. <laughs> I really don't. But it's it's just it's close. Yeah. It's close to perfect. It's so close. Well, here's and thing, I hate man. to nitpick. Different people, different strokes, different folks, baby. I but mean, you and I, I think, both would easily say anybody who is listening to this podcast, like if you enjoy our shtick and the stupid shit well, we do, you might you might like this. I give know this a give this a shot. Even like when I teased earlier that we were doing this episode, there were a couple people that were like, Oh fuck yeah. I love Barry. Looking forward to this one. Nice. So we're not the only ones. Good. And I am. I'm glad. I hope it incentivizes more people to just check Barry out because sure. you really should. I wish we could have put that well before all the spoiler shit. Yeah. Because God damn it. Yeah. Fucking watch it, man. Check Barry out. That and also maybe, Silicon Valley because you have should, HBO So and Vice yes. Principles. Maybe we should start giving that opinion before we get into spoilers like. I think we we did a little before we got into the spoilers. I did play we my did hand say, really hard. You but. played your hand at like the very start, and I, I I think we said something to the effect of, we think you should both go watch this. And okay. now this happens at the end. Yeah. So I think I think we got that across. Ryan, I got nothing else to say on this matter to you. No, I am very thankful that people recommended Barry for me. Yeah, I, I, I know I was harping on you pretty hard. I was like, dude. Need to watch Barry because <laughs> I want to fucking talk to you about Barry. I thought it was going to be. I've not seen Ozark yet, but I thought oh, it was going to be like that where it's like everybody's telling me to go watch Ozark. And then five months later, nobody's talking about Ozark or cares anymore. I still like Ozark. I'm waiting for season two. So, okay. I think you should absolutely watch Ozarks. Is that up there? Yeah. Okay. It's it's breaking bad level for sure. Oh, shit. Really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You say this and breaking bad level was like top tier for me for you i think breaking bad is it's, like it's up there TV. for me i breaking bad is one of the best things i've seen okay. I just and like, you say ozark's up there yeah it's up okay. there with it man i'm telling you i might have to watch ozark too really telling you Jason after westworld Bateman fucking brings it and glow yeah well i'd watch i'd watch ozark before glow 
Glow, I am so into glow, but like the watch, wipe, I cannot talk the wipe because you're gonna see them Alice and Brie tits a couple times, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing there. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, it's fine. Um, all right, I'm gonna end it there. <laughs> I'm gonna say, go watch Glow episode one. You're gonna see Alice and Brie's tits. There you go. Go watch Barry. Go watch fucking Breaking Bad if you've been living under. You will a see rock. no tits in Barry. No. Surprising. No, you see tits. Whose don't tits you? do you see? I, think you I see Sally's. I don't think you do. For a brief Sally's. instant. I think you do. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think you might be right. I think you see him. I'm not sure now. I think you see him. I've seen so many fucking tits now. Go see some tits, maybe? Sure. And Barry. Uh, but yeah. So we talked earlier about our Patreon movies. Mm-hmm. I want to say again. Look, dog, you give us a buck. You can tell us what you want us to watch. It's true. Our most recent request was from Patreon supporter Paul Pig. We're going to be watching Cannibal the Musical at some point in the near future. Uh, yeah. Which is just going to tie into a giant Trey Parker, Matt Stone month. You've inspired us. Which is a tie back to earlier in this episode when we talked about those two guys. But I know Andrew Dimsky has also changed his and wants us to talk about... Orgasmo. Orgasmo, which is another fantastic movie. Playing my hand so, a little early there. Oh, yeah. But that's fine. I've seen Orgasmo. I've not seen Cannibal. And I'll play my hand. I love Orgasmo. I fucking love it's Orgasmo, fucking great. man. And ba- anything these guys have done, yep. I've loved. Movie-wise, I've loved. I also love them in Run, Ronnie, Run. Have you seen that movie? I did, but I don't remember much about it. Because I only rented it because Tobias Fuke is in it. Yeah. Well, when he gets <laughs> to Hollywood... He's throwing some party, and Trey Parker and Matt Stone are there, and they both have little chihuahuas, and they're both acting very homosexual. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking brilliant. Because it's, it it's like the Hollywood it. per- persona of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. It's fucking great, man. It's awesome. Right. But anyways, yeah. So thank you, Paul Pig. We will yeah, be absolutely. We will be partaking in Cannibal the Musical. And Shane, we are very, very sorry that we sat on Sharknado so much that you changed it. But we will. We did decide we're, we're going to do something special for you and yeah. Sharknado, and I will tell you about that. Later, we will so. honor that fallen soldier. Yep. We will not ignore it. We promise you. But anyways, for real, kick us a buck, man. You can tell us what to do. And that applies to games, too. Just understand that games will take us. And it makes us essentially whores. It will, oh, we are whores. Give us a dollar and tell we'll us do whatever what to you do. want, media wise. But we okay, will be, uh, we right. will be, we we do games as well. I don't think anybody's. Well, Ben Caruth has requested a game. I think if you request a game, and I'll go ahead and say it, Ben Caruth, you're a dick because that's a fucking commitment. You yeah. committed us to fucking Siren, you dick. But we, that game is so fucking hard. We will you do dick. a game. I but love I'm you. Just telling you're you, you're dick. I'm telling you, it will take a lot longer than a movie, and that's all I'm saying. Yeah, but we will do. Be prepared to get your game finished in two years. Yeah, you <laughs> dick. I love you. You're Witcher. a dick. <laughs> Anyways, guys, <laughs> we're getting the fuck out of here. Thank you, as always, so much for listening. But I've also got to do this because I've had the request recently. Uh go fuck yourselves. Oh, that's right. Go fuck yourselves. I'm Kyle. Was this go fuck yourself from Ben? Yeah, he misses it. You're a dick. I'm Go fuck yourself. I'm, no, not it's not to Ben. Oh. It's just for Ben. Oh. He misses the go fuck yourselves. I'm sorry. Go so fuck I'm, yourselves. Ben, separately, you're a dick. I love you. There we go. But this is go time back. Yourself. But right. I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. And this is the Experience Grand Podcast. Go fuck yourselves. Bye, everybody. <laughs>